Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666. I'm telling you right now, there's no better clothing store than Mitchell and Ness as far as sports fans go. I'm just looking at some of the stuff and opening up. Oh, my God. It is. The authentic stuff is second to none. And I just have to decide which one I'm going with. What's my gamer for tonight? Which one's going to bring the Knicks the most luck? I'm leaning toward 96-97 because it reminds me. Uh, of the series uh, with the Heat. Um, but anyway, who cares about that, right? I am superstitious. I don't believe in jinxes, but I am superstitious. And I'm very, very, very confident about the Knicks tonight. Anyway, we're taking your calls on whatever it is you want to discuss. Mets, Yankees, Knicks, all have been a topic going on 2 a.m. Fleegs, Michael Fleegman will take you through the overnight. Jesse is calling from Queens. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Charles, everything. Uh, you have too much hope with the Knicks. By the way, but uh, I'm calling to talk about the Mets. Mm-hmm. Look, Can uh, is not working. Uh, Marte's not working. Guillaume's not working. I mean, they're not working, so they need to get replacements. You know, you can get bring up Mauricio, bring up Vientos. Also, they have a double A pitcher, Dominic Hamill, is highly regarded, pitching very well. I'm tired of seeing David Peterson. I mean, if these guys are not working, just change it up and and bring yeah. you guys in and let's see if they can do any better. I mean, yeah, that sounds right. Let's bring what, bring up a guy from Double A. That sounds about right. And he's one of their best pitching prospects. It's yeah, why would they bring? Us. And they're gonna they're gonna take him from Double A and put him in the rotation? Are you crazy? It's been done before by teams. You know, yeah. he's not not really not a bad. team with the. Not a team with the highest payroll. I mean, he's got to move up the ranks. You can't go from double A to being in the Mets rotation right now. There's, look, Jesse, the answer is not in the minor leagues. It's not. They, they got to get the guys to get the job done now that are here. If they, if Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Francisco Lindor, Starling Marte, Pete Alonso, if they don't produce, the Mets are toast. Well, it looks really bad. They got to do something. I mean, you know, you know, the definition of insanity is to keep rolling out the same thing and expecting expecting a different result, and that's what they're doing. It's the same same movie every day, and I'm just tired. I'm tired of Guillaume. I'm tired of Vogel, Vogel back. At least Alvarez is, you know, he's 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 a light 
you know, smack two home runs. I mean, there's Paulus mm-hmm. over there. Like, that kid's going to be a superstar. And, uh, but, you know, bring uh-huh. up Vientos, bring up Mauricio, and, and put Ken on the bench, play Tommy Fanmore, and let's see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, changes will be made, and thank you for the call, Jesse. Appreciate you checking in. Changes will be made. You saw Sterling Marte get dropped in the lineup, so it's not like changes aren't going to be happening for the Mets. But you're talking about, I mean, come on, bringing up a guy from Double A in the rotation, maybe to make a, a spot start, and even that, I wouldn't do that. They, that's not, you know, the Mets got to keep him, and I don't know anything about him, honestly, but just know how the minor league system works. And the same thing even with Vientos, who would be, if anybody, ready they don't want him to come up here and be stuck to the bench. They want him to continue to get better at AAA. I would think that they're looking to move Vientos. They're probably trying to keep him as trade bait. And right now, the fact that he is raking in the minor leagues seems like he hits a home run every day. I think his trade bait, his trade value maybe is going up, and they're probably looking to move him. That would be my guess. It can't be, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to move Mauricio. Maybe Mauricio comes up here eventually. The The problem is it can't be the answer for the Mets. Cannot be everybody in the minor league system. Not not for a team with the highest payroll in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's not a rebuilding year. You're not looking to see the youngsters learn at the Major League level. There's a reason why you have to go through the ranks. There's a reason why a pitcher's in A. There's a reason why certain guys are down in AAA. Shouldn't be learning up here. You have to trust the organization. Mark Cannon not getting the job done. Neither is Starling Marte. What are you going to do? Just cut bait with Marte? You're going to trust his track record that he's going to get going at some point. Max Scherz is not getting the job done. It's been a month, a month and a half. Not even a month and a half. It's been a month. One, two, three, four, five, basically six weeks. Not even. You know, the first week of the season was three games. One, two, three, four, five full weeks. And we're ready to cast everybody aside. Now, I'm not saying it's been good because it's been ugly, but let's not just start throwing players out and saying, oh yeah, let's bring in this guy. You don't know the first thing about Ronnie Mauricio or Mark Vientos. I guarantee that 99% of the people who are saying bring those guys up haven't even watched them play baseball, period. You see the numbers, you see the stats, or you hear about it and you think, well, they're raking in AAA. They must be studs here. Let's see what they got. Can't be worse than Mark Hanna. Wrong. They could be worse. They might be worse. There's a reason why they're not up here. Walter's on Long Island. What's up, Walter? Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Thanks for making it. Um, so, uh, you know, I was watching the game tonight, and one thing that like uh, stood out to me is uh, Jerry Levin was talking about David Peterson needing to make like adjustments during the game when he was seeing like things weren't working, and I feel I can understand that, and I feel like from the Mets organization, I feel like they're not doing that. When you look at you, you look at the pitching, and there's no. They have no options. If they try to get somebody, if there even is somebody to get, you know, what, what are they going to have to get up for it? That's, that's not a realistic option. And they don't have anything in, in the minor. So it's like we have to do when it comes to the pitching. What, what, they have to stick with what they have because there's nothing else right now. But with the offense, you look at, like, the platooning situation, like the DH and with the outfield. Last year there was some limited success with, with with the platooning. But so far this year it's just been a nightmare platooning. And I don't you don't see from the organization a, a realization that that's not working and you don't see adjustments being made. It's just like, oh, we'll just keep going, keep going, and they got to eventually hit, right? And it's just like more of hope than actually like anything. You don't see anything on the field that says, you know what, it's trending that way. 
Right. So what would you do? I mean, they're now starting to shake up the lineup a little bit, trying to move guys, you know, moving Marte down. That's a big deal. What would you do? I mean, you think the answer is as simple as bring in Vientos? I don't. You could trim the fat a little bit, send Guillaume down, shake it up a little bit, something like that. But I don't think that Mark Vientos is necessarily the answer. Now, I'm not saying I would be opposed to that. If they do send Guillaume down, bring Vientos up. I'm just saying that it sounds to me that that might not be the case, where they may not be trying to bring uh, Vientos up for whatever reason. And even so, even if they did, do you think that's the answer? Or... Is it the answer to get those top guys going? Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, Marte. If those guys don't hit, the Mets are done. They're done. That, that is true, that they, they need those top guys to go. And the question comes like, where's the line you draw and say, okay, we got to get these guys going, but at some point, where, where's the line where you say, okay, we've given this up time, we got to do something? I don't know. I mean, maybe Memorial Day is the case, Walter, and thank you for the call. Maybe Memorial Day, maybe a few weeks. I mean, it can't keep going like this. If they keep losing these games here, it's going to be a problem. They're already now pushing the limits. It was one thing to lose a series to the Nationals. It was one thing to lose a series to the Braves, which, by the way, the series loss to the Nationals and getting swept by the Tigers and losing to the Rockies, that's way worse than what we saw with the Mets against Atlanta. They actually played up to Atlanta to a certain extent. Anyway, it's one thing to lose a series to the Nats. But then to get swept by the Tigers, then to lose two or three at home against the Rockies, even when you had the owner talking about, hey, it's a beautiful day for baseball. Let's start something here. You know, let's start something here this this weekend. And I, I think that that was kind of the feel from the organization. Even from the outside, for me, it's like, all right, enough losing. Let's go. Forget the past. Pick it up. Which is why, even after the Rocky series, it was like, okay, forget about that. Let's pick it up now, tonight. Last night meeting. With Scherzer on the mound, Verlander to follow. Let's go. This has got to be the start. Scherzer doesn't start. Peterson gets roughed up. The Mets lose again. Showalter gets tossed. Like, it's just a, a, a mess. They've got to just start to get some wins here. It's not about who they play either. Just got to start putting some wins together, gaining some confidence. And starting to turn it in the right direction. And we can talk about the lineup all we want. It's more about the starting rotation. It's all about the starting rotation. Tyler is calling from Queens. What's up, Tyler? Hey, what's up, Sal? As much How as are you, Tyler? I agree, as much as I agree with Marco and the Knicks, I can't be dealing with this negativity. Okay? We got to go in. And we got to win game five. Okay? We got to stop thinking about the offseason and about the postseason. All right. Thank the you, Tyler. Thing, okay. Okay, as much as I'm down on them, as much as, like, even if we get blown out tomorrow, it may be good for the Knicks because we'll make changes. We can't be thinking about that. we got to be thinking about the now. First thing. One focus, one focus only, Tyler. Get this series back to Miami for Friday night's Game 6. That is it. Exactly. So, first thing I want is I want Cornrows, Julius Randle for Game 5. Okay? For some reason, he plays better with Cornrows. He needs to change his mentality. I want that. Do Keep Grimes in the starting lineup. He needs to take at least 10 shots and try to get a shot a little bit more. He was shooting pretty well, but he lost it. He's playing great. Three, if Mitchell Robinson gets dominated on the boards, you got to put him on the bench, and Harshenstein needs to pay more than 15 minutes, okay? And the last point, which I think is the biggest, is that he didn't even play that well the other night. It wasn't that the Knicks couldn't get stopped. is that we couldn't get a rebound, and we couldn't right. get the flow back into our side. And I think the biggest factor in that 
is the Knicks are keep doing this double team. The Heat are too disciplined and too good at passing it around that they beat the double team. And when that happens, the Knicks, for some reason, everyone keeps doing this, and it's driving me nuts. When they contest a shot, they jump out of the building, they go into the sideline, and then it leads to an offensive rebound. Put your foot down, put your hand up, contest a shot, and box them out. I don't know why Tibbs is allowing these guys to jump past all these Heat players. They do a pump fake, they make the three. They miss the three, they get the offensive rebound. It is driving me nuts. I think if we do those things, I think we can win this game, and we can even, and we can go into Miami and hopefully steal one from them. It, I think uh, I think I'd rather have you right now on the sideline than Tibbs, Tyler. Oh my God! I mean, Tibbs. I have I've had my issues from Tibbs from the start. He has proved me wrong, but he is not the coach to lead us into the future, and that's he's, why I, I like him. But he's been out coached severely in this. Oh, severely. brutally! And when they go two three, you know what I'm saying? If they go two three, put Mitchell Robinson on the bench, bring Randall in at the five, and bring in Obi Toppin, and then you put Randall at the free throw line. And let them pass through it. Don't try to go isolation. The way to beat the zone is you put a dominant player at the free throw line. You give him the ball. You look two ways. You put Obi on the sideline. Look for the alley oop. You pass it around the ring. The Knicks can beat this team. Like the last game drove me nuts because we were getting stopped. The get the play that drove me nuts the most was the R.J. Barrett Quentin oh. Grimes play where they where they dropped the ball. Jump in the air and grab it off the rim. Why are you waiting yeah, for that's... the ball to land in your hand? And that's grab it with two hands. It's oh, a big yeah. part of the problem, Tyler. Great stuff. Let's go, Knicks. I like your positivity. We appreciate you checking in. That's part of the problem. They're standing there looking at it. What are you doing? Too many times the Knicks wasted possessions, disrespecting possessions, not caring about the basketball nearly enough. Man, it is maddening. That's the point. That's why I think they can win tonight. This is not just, oh, let me go out there and wear my jersey and hope that the Knicks can win. I legitimately think they're better than Miami at certain things. Obviously, Miami, the better team with the offensive setup, with the ball movement. They're better coached. I don't know if they've got better players. I don't think they're – matter of fact, I don't think Miami's gotten better play. Jimmy Butler, yes, best player on the floor. Even better than Brunson, Butler is a stud. Anybody else? Come on now. The Knicks don't have any shooters. I understand that. And I'm not saying that overall, uh, you know, when Miami's fully healthy especially, that the Knicks are better than they are. But right now, from what I've seen through the first four games of this series, I really do think the Knicks could be the better team. They should have won game one if Jalen Brunson did half of what he normally does. That means this series should be 2-2. And even in game four, the Knicks should if Miami was any good, the Knicks would have lost that game by 30, maybe more, game four. I know the Knicks are better at rebounding and should be better defensively. And for some reason, they're not playing like it. There's more there. You know what I'm saying, Omar? This team should be better than what we've seen here. Yes, definitely. And first, like, uh, let me tell you about the T-shirt. Go get uh, wear a black and uh, tell that uh, funeral, uh, Marco, that uh, minus and minus becomes positive. So uh, no negativity here. It becomes positivity. I am 100% sure they're going to win tonight. You know why? And the reasoning I give you. They, uh, the five fouls on the fourth quarter. The, uh, the first game in uh, Miami, they got blown out. Second uh, game, they were in the game up to the fourth quarter, three minutes remaining. They have five, four fouls. Right now, all the calls are going to go to New York today. 
because what the referees did that at. 100% Knicks are winning tonight, and uh, that gives me a momentum to go to Game 6. I am motivated. Uh, yesterday, I was depressed that they gave the opportunity away. But tonight, win it tonight. I've already made T-shirt on, baby. T-shirt Knicks. Go New York, baby. Tonight. Yeah, Omar. Yeah, I love it, Omar. They are not going to play from behind today. Tell Marco they're going to go in front. First quarter, first quarter guaranteed. 10-plus points from Julius Randle. Ball on R.J. Barrett's hand goes to Julius Randle. Hit a three-pointer. Nail. Start from right there, baby. Julius Randle, 10-plus points. Brunson finishing it off in fourth quarter. Mix rolls. Let's go. Game six in Miami. Yes, Omar. I love it. And then we're hanging out together for the watch party Friday night, yes. right? Yes. Yes. I love it, Omar. I can't wait. Are you going to try to go to the game tonight or what? I cannot go. I have to work. I cannot go. Ah, oh, <laughs> all right. I'd love to see you there. But listen, I love the positivity, Omar. And I'm with you. And thank you for the call, as always. And we will see you Friday night at the watch party. Location to be determined. But I promise you, if the Knicks win tonight, I am going out after the show on Friday before the game. And we will meet up at a bar. Whoever wants to come, come hang out. And we'll go watch the game together. And go nuts on a Friday night. Taking the train in, so maybe I could have a, a drink or two. Just get us to game six. I'm with you. I think this could be a... I don't want to get carried away here, but I think this could be one of those... The Knicks start to pull away a little bit, like they did in game one, where they were up double digits early on, although they let it get away, and it was only, I think, five points going in the half. It should have been a lot more. Double-digit lead into the half... Maybe stave off a little bit of a heat run in the third and then pull back away with a big fourth quarter. Crowd going nuts. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. Maybe Aaron Rodgers in the building. Maybe Ewing. Definitely Starks. Hopefully not Mellow. I can't wait. This is what it's about. I don't care they're down 3-1. I care that they're in the series. Get this thing to game six Friday night. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the van going at 2 a.m. Michael Flegelman. Fleegs! Going to take you through the overnight. Talking a little Knicks Heat Game 5 tonight at the Garden. Cannot wait for that. Obviously, we've been discussing the Mets and their mess all night slash now morning long uh, as well. We will be off tomorrow. So the Yankees have an afternoon game tomorrow. They are, was it 12.30 start or is it 1 o'clock? 12.35. So Yanks have a nice early start as they look for the sweep against the A's tomorrow. So normally I would be on 7 at midnight, you know, filling in for Keith here. So my normal spot would be 7 at midnight tomorrow. But since I had bought tickets prior to the series even being announced, 
Yeah, you know, I, I bought tickets ahead of time. I didn't know the Knicks were going to be in the second round, but they go on sale prior to that, so I bought the tickets, whatever, figuring that it was probably going to be game six if there was one against Milwaukee. This is how early, you know, long ago I bought them. Then, obviously, Miami wins that series. Turns out the Knicks have home court, so it turns into a game five. Then the schedule comes out, and it's on the open night, game five, where I'm supposed to be working seven to midnight, so I couldn't make it happen, so I needed to be able to you know take off. Uh, plus, I didn't really want to do the show up against the Nick game. But anyway, I did have tickets for it ahead of time. So I won't be on um, tonight, seven to midnight. I'll be back on Thursday following the Yankees again. Uh, I, I Look, I wish I could be on tomorrow right after the game, come back down to the studio and get on, but that's not going to be the case. CeeLo's got you covered from seven to midnight, and then Fleegs will follow midnight till five. Anyway, I'll be back on Thursday and talk, you know, hopefully we're reviewing game five still at that point and looking ahead to game six. And hopefully by then the Mets will actually have, you know, maybe won a game. Jim is calling from Haverstraw. Jim? <laughs> Salami, it'd be fantastic if you were on right after the Knicks game and you could bring Omar in the studio with you. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, look, if the Knicks ever get to the NBA finals, maybe I'll have Omar in the uh, in studio with me. <laughs> Listen, Sal, it's one of the things I wanted to bring up. I, and you know I've called. You know, I'm, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, right? But I'm, I'm watching. The, it, the spot is too big for him, Sal. I mean, when, when they're underneath the basket and the two guys are looking at each other like the left field and center field are coming together and the ball just goes out of bounds, right? When R.J. Barrett grabs the ball and he uh, rebounds and he steps on the, the baseline out of bounds, like it's just too big for him right now. These guys, I mean – you know, Brunson's doing his thing or whatever. I mean, they need to get a little bit more seasoned. I mean, you, you can see it even when they, they they don't have that kill, right, that kill shot, like put your foot on their throats. It's just, right. it's not bad. Well, I don't think they're it's good not, enough. I don't think they're good enough. Well, they, they, they were in spots where if they just did, I mean, Sal, grab the rebound. Look at each other and say, I got it. Like, RJ, right. when you come down, you know where you are. You've been on the court since you were four years old. Like, Yeah, that's terrible. I, I can't. I, I don't understand. It's inexcusable to me, the stepping on the baseline crowd. I can't stand when they do that, whether it's a three-pointer, whether it's in that case, look at a grab a rebound. That is unacceptable. Like, that's, that, that is unacceptable but at the NBA what, level. That stuff happens in, in, in intramural leagues or whatever the hell it is that you play it. I mean, Sal, forget about stepping on the baseline when Mitch. I forget who the other player was, Mitchell, and I think it was RJ. Maybe when they were looking at each other in the ball, there was nobody around them. I mean, right. grab the ball. That's just, no, it, it, it can't. It, 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 it can't happen. And the it, Knicks not respecting the possessions. We talk about it, um, you know, uh, often here, where the Knicks just have not done that nearly. They're not good enough to overcome stuff like that, Jim. That's the problem. But that's what that's what I'm saying about the season thing. Like Obi Toppin will understand that launching that three pointer is not um, respecting your that that um, that right. That well, he's terrible. Have. Yeah. yeah o- I mean, Obi listen. does it. Obi does it all the time with the bad shots. Like you're not respecting the possession. Yeah. Well, and, and it, this it's the difference between the, the regular season and the playoffs, right, Sal? I mean. You know, we, we like Obi coming off the bench and just running around like a lunatic during the regular season. But now you just got to understand where you're at. And, and he's, he's a little confused because, you know, um, uh, Randall goes out for a little bit and he's a starter. When, when he's a starter, we don't need what we need from him when he's coming off the bench. We need him to be more in control when he's started. But he's young. But I'm sorry, Sal. I just, I mean, this might be just me, like, just, just bent out of shape. But, um, I, I don't see them 
even when we have that that time where it's like, okay, it's time right now to take this game, I just don't see it happening, man. Um, so uh, don't will, will you stop? Will you stop being negative, Jim? And thank you for the call. No negativity. I don't want to hear it. Or realism. I don't want to hear the realism. Look, realistically, you guys should know me by now. I'm not a homer. I mean, there's certain times where I admit that I, I don't even realize that I would do it, but maybe I let my heart get involved. Maybe that happened with the Rangers a little bit, although I did legitimately think they were built to go win the Stanley Cup. And then after watching the first two games uh, you know, against the Devils, I, I felt like they were going to go to the Cup. Now I just realized that uh, everybody smokes the Devils to that extent. And the Rangers really just beat themselves with lack of effort, maybe not uh, you know, caring, maybe not wanting to hear the coach, whatever. Anyway. Just joking about the Devils. Although, realistically, they're getting spanked by the Canes. And I'm not upset about it, I must admit. Anyway, this is not me being a homer. I really believe... Like, if this series were taking place... If, if this were the Nuggets and Suns series in the same situation, I would feel like the Knicks are winning this game, sending it back to Miami for a Game 6. I'm not saying the Knicks are... Hey, and then they're going to win Game 6 in Miami. Then they're going to bring it back here and win Game 7. Like, I'm not going that far. I really do, like, gut feel I would be stunned if the Knicks went out in five games to this Heat team. They will win game five at home. Now, they may get blown out in game six, but they are not going out on home court, not to this team. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? What's up is I really hope they don't get blown out in game six because I don't want to go to a funeral. And I'll tell you what, Sal. I really like Marco, but I'm so happy there will be no more update with you and him because I cannot take another one, another interaction with you two tonight. Not with what he's putting tonight. All that negativity, all this funeral stuff. No, 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 no. Now, no come more. on. The Knicks are winning this game, Hector. No, but that's, that's what I'm saying. So that's why I don't want to hear you and Marco go back and forth anymore because I, 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 I can't. I can't take one another of, Marco interaction tonight. So I'm going to say that after this. Hey, are you are you in for? Remember, we got a lot on the line here. Me and you guys, the yeah. callers, listeners, whoever wants to go, we got a lot on the line. This is a hang. We're going to be hanging out Friday night watching this game together if the Knicks if win. You even attempt to ask me if I'm in again, we're going to have an issue. Like, just, was, make, just, just make just make it sure. I just make it sure. I don't want to show up there by myself. I mean, I need you. You know, I don't. Know. <laughs> At least you're there, and it's going to be you and I. I know that for sure. You know that's not gonna. You know, have we heard from Doug lately? I mean, I, I've heard from him. I forgot to ask him, but he's going. He'll be there Friday. I'm pretty sure. I know he's a little right now, you know, but I'm pretty sure he'll join us. Um, sorry, if I, I'm gonna get on this Mets topic and you know, a couple of things if you would allow me. Um, mm-hmm. and the first thing is, man, man, Jesus. The bottom line is, we just need pitching, man. We could talk about the hitting. We could talk about this and that. We are just, and I know the hitting hasn't been the greatest, but this pitching is killing us. It's just killing us. And, you know, the whole Scherzer thing sucks. I mean, so for you and I who fell in love with this guy after hating him for so many years and, and now this nonsense, and uh, <laughs> get back to hating him real quick if he doesn't figure all this out, whether you heard, whatever it is, man. Um but we just need someone to need eat innings right now. We don't even need to go out there and go get, you know, I've heard people talk about Giolito or this and that. We need somebody, whether it be Carrasco coming back, 
Uh, if Quintana is able to come in this year and pitch, but somebody that's going to, I don't care if you have a, even Carrasco, I don't care if you have a three to four ERA, but give me six innings so that I don't have to see four or five relievers every day. And every time a Peterson or even a McGill gives me only four innings and it works my bullpen and it hurts me, not just for that game, but for the next game and the game after that, I, I mean, like, I, I just don't know how much more of this I can take. Um, but, you know, for everybody that's saying right now, and I, listen, I wish, I love the fact that we have the Vientos and the Mauricio, uh, you know, hovering in the minors, and we saw Brady, uh, Brady come up here, and Alvarez, my guy Alvarez, remember when you guys were saying he was overmatched? Ha! <laughs> what a joke. But anyway. Well, he was. You know, he was overmatched, yeah, no, but no, no, he's no, no, obviously... No, I don't want to argue about that, and I want to finish my thought. No, no, he no, was, you will, you will, but I'm just... You, you will, I'll, I'll give you plenty of time here, I'm not going anywhere. You, but he was overmatched. He's now yeah, been given yeah. some time. Gonna, he's now... Cl- no, 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 he no, was. Gonna, Alvarez... No, 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 hold on a second. You can't, you can't disagree. Yo, okay, but that's fine. He was overmatched. I mean, last year he was completely overmatched. He wasn't ready. This year to start the year, he was overmatched. He had an awful spring. Now you're starting to see not just the two home runs, but even before that, over the course of the last couple of weeks, he's finally relaxed, and he looks like he's starting to belong. So now it's been nice for him. He always belonged. He always looked like he belonged to me. He just needed playing time, and he wasn't getting it. They brought him up here. They treated him terribly last year when they brought him up. Spring training, he got a late start. He was hurt. I, I don't want to get into it. He was never overmatched to me. Every time he stepped up to that plate, he looked like a confident dude that wanted to do too much. Once that guy, yeah, that got blown away. Start. That got blown away in the Braves. I mean, he yeah, looked okay, like he, he didn't got, belong. He got blown away. Once they said, you're the starting catcher, he has got consistent playing time. This kid has taken off. And I keep telling people, by the end of this month, he'll have seven to ten home runs. He hit two today. But let me get this in, Sal, because we're talking about the minors. And, oh, my goodness, we don't have any pitches. Unfortunately, the Allen dude has gotten hurt. He hasn't been able to come up. But let's not forget that there was a time we were talking about, oh, my goodness, how come the Mets don't develop any hitters? How come the Mets don't develop any position players? And now we have a few guys. What's happened is, unfortunately, we had some pitchers, Jacob DeGuard. Noah Syndergaard, Stephen Matz, who didn't pan out, you know what I'm saying, as long as he would have liked to. Stephen Matz never figured it out. Now we look like we got Stephen Matz 2.0 on David Peterson. You know what I'm saying? Syndergaard, mental case, whatever, injuries. Jake, oh, my goodness. Jake, um, unfortunately, the last couple of years or whatever, a year and a half, whatever you want to quantify that, the injuries, and now he's gone. So, you know, it's just a bad timing right now. Like I said, I wish we had some guys instead of... Peterson and Miguel were supposed but, to be those guys. Tyler or Miguel... I mean, I, and, I mean unfortunately, they, they just... I don't know. I mean, Miguel, I still have some hope. I don't know about Peterson, man. I don't know if he's... No, Peterson's done. Ever, I'm sick. You know what Peterson's done. The lefty, the lefty, you know, always get a little bit longer time. So nah, he's, done, he, he's done. He, but, he, wait, it's wait, over wait, for I, him. One more thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. One more thing. One more thing I want to mention too, because it's something that always bothered me when everybody said the Mets should try to beat Dodgers West. The Mets should try to be this. The Mets should try to be that. And even now with last season, oh look at what the Phillies did. Look what the Nationals did this year. Listen, everybody's destiny is what that is. You need to write your own history. You need to write your own season. Just because the Phillies were able to do that last year, the Phillies is going to happen for us. Not saying that we can't turn it around. And for those people that have wanted to be like the Dodgers. 
I remind you, when that ownership took over for the Dodgers, they spent money, they made moves, they went and got Adrian Gonzalez from the Red Sox and all these other guys, and they failed with those teams. But they were able to build, right, the minors, and then they called up the Muncies and all these other guys, and I forget all the names. Look, forget the Dodgers. It's it's not about the Dodgers, Hector. And th- no, and I know what you're saying, and thank you for the call. i got to let you go. You keep talking over me, for goodness sake. I mean, I let you go on for 10 minutes, and then I'm trying to close it, and you keep talking over me. How much time do you need to get those blunt thoughts in, will you? My goodness. It's not about the Dodgers. You're right. Everybody talks about the well, the models, the Dodgers. The model should be the Yankees. Sustained success. That should be the model. Go out there, try to win at all costs. Spend as much money as you possibly can and do it wisely. Forget the Dodgers. Let Steve Cohen do what he's got to do and trust the organization. You bring up David Peterson. I thought this quote was great from Buck Showalter. I saw my buddy John Harper tweet it. Buck Showalter on David Peterson. Short on stuff and command, that's a bad combination. When you're short on stuff and command, yeah, it's a bad combination. David Peterson is finished. He had a golden opportunity to start the year. I thought he was going to take command of it and t- or take advantage of it and take command of a spot in that rotation moving forward. He failed miserably. Now he's gotten a second opportunity, and he was dreadful again. Done. I am done with David Peterson. And if I'm done with him, I guarantee you that there are some within the Mets organization, maybe Buck, maybe others, that are also done with him. They needed him tonight to be competent against a crappy team. And he couldn't even do that. He's just not any good. Tyler McGill at least can still be salvaged. He's been okay. You got to be somewhat competitive. Peterson is not. And I liked Peterson. I thought he showed good competitiveness in 2020. And I was hoping for him ever since that he was going to be a guy that could be a third, fourth, fifth starter, whatever, in the major league rotation. I thought for sure this year he was going to be a guy that was going to be better than Carrasco, a guy that I trusted more than Tyler McGill. I was dead wrong on him. It's over for David Peterson. And it's a problem because the Mets need Peterson and Tyler McGill. Even with Scherzer and Verlander, they were going to need those guys. Without Scherzer being what he could be, they're going to need to go out there and get an arm. The Mets need to go out there and make a trade for a legitimate arm right now. Who would have thought that that would be the case coming into the year? They need an arm, a bat, and some bullpen arms. I don't think that there's enough trades to be made to upgrade the way that the Mets need to come trade deadline, assuming they're still in it by then. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Short on stuff. Enchman. That's a bad combination. Woo, Buck was. Buck was letting it fly. Merry Buckmas. He was letting it fly. Finally got ejected. First time we saw Buck Showalter as a Mets manager get tossed. And rightfully so. And you know that this is more than just that horrible call at second base where the runner swatted Lindor's glove out of the way before he could catch the ball and tag him out. It's unacceptable. It's a horrible call. It's more than just that. Buck knows. You know, there was no, you, people could say, oh, why didn't he get thrown out last year? There's always a point. Yeah, you could always argue with the umps in a season, even if it's going well. There's always something in a game that may get you tossed. But when you win 101 games last year, the way that the Mets did, and basically have no issue, at least until September. Once September came, that's when the Mets finally started to struggle a little bit. There were no issues until then. And Buck's not going to get tossed in September in the middle of a pennant race trying to get that, you know, the, win the NL East. So there was really no reason for him to get tossed last year. This year, he knows it now that this team is in trouble. He knows it. I think he's known it from the beginning that it might not be their year. Like I told you, how many, come on, guys, a lot of sports is luck. It's not that the Mets built a bad team. It's that they've, They've been unlucky. They've also just been bad in general. The players themselves not getting the job done. But bad luck is a part of it. Staying healthy is a big part of it. Diaz going down, Verlander on opening day, Scherzer, the suspension. There's just there's too many things to list to why there are red flags everywhere about this season. However, as we do sometimes in relationships or with our sports team, you know, in relationships, how many times do we overlook red flags that we see? All the time. I mean, at least I used to. Hmm, that could be a red flag. But I really like her. I'll ignore that. Hmm, but she's really pretty. I'll ignore that. So with this, there are red flags everywhere. But you love this team. It's only May. You want to see this through. Things can change, maybe for the better. And realistically, you know, I've been getting texts and tweets. Oh, it's over. You know, calls from you guys. Oh, Epler stinks. This one stinks. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of that guy. It's going to be a long summer. Realistically, at the very least, at the very, very, very least, the Mets are going to be in contention for a playoff spot all year long. That's not changing. You want to punt on the division? Fine. Right now, it's just about figuring this thing out so they could stabilize a little bit. But they will be in contention for a playoff spot all year long. I know the expectations, you know, may not be where you thought they would be coming into the year, but still. And then once you get in, anything can happen. Paul is calling from Hartford, Connecticut. What's up, Paul? Hey, how are you doing, Sal? Thanks for taking the call. How are you? Very good. Hey, listen. So frustrating, so frustrating with the Mets right now. But I'll tell you one thing, man. We all, God, it, this has been so frustrating. But what, what else do we want out of Peterson and Miguel? They carried us all last year, right? 
Uh, well, I don't know if I would say Peterson carried them all last year. And Tyler McGill was great before he got hurt. Then once he got hurt, obviously he wasn't there. And when he came back, he wasn't any good. No, yeah, last no, year they had it. last year they had Taiwan Walker. They had Chris Bassett. Um, they had Carlos Carrasco, who went on a nice run for a little while. Obviously, Degrom was out the first, you know, three months or whatever. But then he came back. Max was in and out, but he was better than what he was this year. So, you know, Tyler McGill picked it, picked it uh, up for Degrom, filled in for Degrom in the beginning of the year. So they had guys do their, you know, fill in nicely. But even today, I mean, it's like, hey, Scherzer, and, and I'm not gonna, it, and I'm gonna keep it very short and simple here tonight. I'm not gonna go all crazy. But the thing is, even today, they're saying, hey, Scherzer's gonna make the start, and then they gotta slide Peterson into the start. And I feel like, you know what? It's time for the guys where all the payroll is wrapped up in this team, and they, there, there, there comes a time when you have eighty, hundred million dollars tied up in a team. So these guys have got to get in there. Take the bull by the horn, take the ball, and go out there and pitch. We have Max, asked a lot. Of, Ma- of Max needed to pitch. No, Ma- Max yeah. needed to pitch. Yeah. And, and thank you for the call, Paul. And we're up against it. I want to get as many as I can in before we say goodbye. Max needed to pitch. Next spasms, he needed to pitch. That's why I said earlier, I think he's afraid of his potential new reality. Without any of the sweat, rosin, and alcohol, without any of the extra velo, He's down a tick or whatever. Without the results being there, maybe not feeling 100%, maybe at his age, I think Max is a little scared. Joe is calling about his potential new reality. Joe is calling from New Egypt, New Jersey. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Joe? I'm good. I just wanted to, uh, you know, basically say how this whole thing with Shohei, right, how he's going to be pretty much looking for a trade coming up. And Max and Yankees, it's not looking good. I mean, they said he wanted to go to a team that was a contender. At least that's what ESPN said. Mm-hmm. And they, it's not looking good. And well, they will be. They, yeah, but they will be contenders. And thank you for the call, Joe. Hey, look, I can't get into the Otani stuff now because I don't even know if he's going to get traded at the deadline. And if he is, both New York teams have basically said they're not going to be able to get him in season. So I can't get into that right now. But they will be winners. And I think when he talked about being on teams that are contenders, he means teams that spend a lot and should, as an organization, put themselves in a position to be successful. Both the Mets and Yankees have done that. Yankees, obviously, more so with their sustained success. But the Mets now, with Steve Cohen, things done change. They have the highest payroll in baseball. And they still should make the playoffs. So right now, in May, you're talking about a team that's under 500 with the Mets? Yeah, but uh, things will change. Jan is calling from Yonkers. Jan? Hi. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. I believe it was Adebayo that was involved in Julius's ankle injury in the first place. Mm-hmm. So here's what I want from the Knicks, and I want from Julius. Be the leader of our team. Don't have this defeatist negative attitude that they want it more than us. Go out there and fight like hell with Jalen and everybody else on board and win game five. And thank you for taking my call. No, no problem, and I think it's a perfect note to end it on, Jan. Look, you want to single out Julius and Bam Adebayo? Uh, I'd like to see Mitchell Robinson handle Bam Adebayo. How about Mitchell Robinson be a beast on the boards? Look, home court is such a different animal in the NBA's postseason. It means so much. Maybe it used to mean even more than it does now, but it means a lot. 
And the Knicks should have won game one and would have won game one if Jalen Brunson was competent. He was not. He said so himself. Maybe he wasn't 100% healthy. Whatever the issues may be, they didn't get a top performance from Brunson. Otherwise, they would have won game one. They did win game two. I don't want to hear about no Jimmy Butler. It doesn't matter. The Knicks will give their best effort tonight. They, we, aren't going out like that. Not at home on the garden floor to the crappy Miami Heat. No way. I'll talk to you guys Thursday after a Knicks win tonight, and then we'll discuss Game 6 plans. All right, thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks to Alex Arzom. Rosie Fleeks is coming up next to take you through the overnight. We'll see you Thursday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.